Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from Coffin Rock, discussing the 1999 found footage classic, The Blair Witch Project. This film was written and directed by Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez. With an unrivaled marketing campaign, The Blair Witch Project took the based-on-a-true-story motif to the next level. Insisting that this was recovered footage from actual missing people, the crew utilized missing person flyers, the internet, and even a documentary to legitimize the legend of the Blair Witch. It rightfully receives credit for kicking off the found footage craze that still continues to this day. So, what did you guys think about the Blair Witch Project the first time you saw it? I remember the first time we saw it, we watched it with our family. Mm -hmm. It was, what, 1999? Yeah. So I had to be eight and you had to be 10. Mm -hmm. And we watched it in the living room with our family after a very nice lasagna dinner. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like a big deal. It was, Mm -hmm. oh, we're going to eat. The best when, foods. When our mom makes lasagna, it's a it's a like event. a cultural like it's event. A thing. Yeah. So <laughs> fucking lasagna, the Blair Witch, like it was a thing. The thing was, I don't think I was <laughs> adequately prepared <No. laughs> for what we were about to see because I no. had, I had never seen anything like it. Like somebody at school had talked to me about it, and they had like kind of said something about the ending, but the way they described it and what I pictured in my head. I'm picturing a movie. Yeah, no. You know? <laughs> and when you don't know what found footage is, it's very hard to even sit down to watch technically, in my view, I know the last broadcast, Cannibal Holocaust, whatever. Right. This is the first like found footage mm-hmm. horror film to me. And so I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. But I just remember kind of getting the shit scared yeah. out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but loving it. I I didn't see this movie in the theaters, but I remember watching it on DVD. Mm -hmm. So at that time, oh God, 99? Yeah. I was still in high school. Um, I remember that when I seen it, I was like, this is fucking terrifying. (laughs) I was like, what is happening? Because it looked real. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, is this for real? And I was like, this really happened? I know I watched it after that and I, I did enjoy the movie. The second one is a different you know but i do enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. and i remember enjoying it then and i enjoy it now for the show when we watched it yeah i mean you already told my story but (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah no it scared the shit out of me and i remember our mom saying that our aunt was positive that this was real and Mm -hmm. she lived near woods and was scared to go outside like this movie was (laughs) She didn't live in Burkittsville, though, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a lot. I was reading, and what they were able to make out of, like, nothing, Mm -hmm. I read that this film won, or I don't know if it's winning, but got the Guinness Book record for top budget, the box office ratio. Mm -hmm. For every $1 spent, the film made (laughs) $10,931. Just unbelievable. Literally insane. And it made me laugh because they said that after filming, because they only filmed for eight days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said that after filming, they returned one of the cameras to Circuit <laughs> yeah, City. That's fucking great. <laughs> to get the money back. And then the other camera broke because the actors filmed the majority of it yeah. and they didn't know how to <laughs> yeah, fucking they don't work know how cameras. To use any of that. Um, 
one of them broke, the cinematographer fixed it and then sold it on eBay for $10,000. (laughs) (laughs) Just genius. I mean, like, it's literally insane. I think that kind of demonstrates not only the cultural impact that this film had Mm -hmm. that you can say, hey, this camera was used to film the Blair Witch Project and sell it for $10,000. But also the overnight success that the filmmakers and the cast experience right you know i i saw this interview that they had with the main cast at texas frightmare weekend oh my god yeah this was in 2014 so it was the 15 year anniversary (sighs) and they talked about you know the positives and negatives Mm -hmm. of going through this right it is kind of upsetting a lot of the stuff especially heather donahue because she was kind of the face of the entire... Oh, absolutely. You know? Right. So all the praise and or vitriol that was going to anyone was going to go to her. Right. Um, I remember reading that she had complained about, or at least joked on TV about being the most famous poor person in America. <laughs> and the studio called her and they said, you can't make jokes like that. Jesus. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because once, they, once it was bought by Artisan, they were like really, really like hands-on with right. it. Right. And so they were annoyed that the cast, I guess, was getting all this notoriety because I guess they thought it was supposed to go to the filmmakers instead. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of stuff that kind of just really it doesn't dampen your appreciation of the film. Right. Because it's amazing. And to me, I think that the cast is this movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. And hi, they filmed most Exa- of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also read that they were given like a 35 page outline. Right. So the dialogue is improv. Like yeah. they told them, oh, you know, to take the job, yeah. you have to be able to improvise. They didn't write the story, so but they wrote the movie. They wrote the movie. <laughs> they filmed the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a break. At, at the TFW interview, Josh said that when the film broke $100 million at the box office, they each got sent a fruit basket. Oh, wow. My God. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. But I have to say, because I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on this movie. I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's just a bummer that some of the stuff went on behind the scenes. But you have to kind of say how admirable it is for these filmmakers to be this hungry that mm-hmm. they came up with this idea. They came up with arguably the greatest marketing campaign for a film, period. I oh, yeah. Scratch arguably. Like no. it is the I'm in a film class right now or a film appreciation class mm-hmm. and we had to, you know, pick a movie and talk about the marketing and there was no other movie for me to pick. I was oh, like, no. I it's... of course talked about this because like they put up missing person posters yeah. at mm-hmm. the film festivals. They and, made a documentary. Like Yeah, that now that documentary, uh Curse of the Blair Witch, we're probably gonna reference it a lot and talk yeah. about it. Because the lore is so deep mm-hmm. for this movie, but it came out two weeks before the Blair Witch went into theaters. And so not Genius. only is it like this oh, yeah. interesting documentary, it's marketing for you to go see the oh, film in yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah, no, it's genius. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so smart. And it is so believable. That's the other well, thing. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so it's just, it's genius. And I don't think you can say enough about that. No. Um, I also wanted to touch on Jason Blum. Uh, he passed on this film when he was working at Miramax. And then later with Blumhouse went on to produce Paranormal Activity. Ah. <laughs> Which I think is pretty fucked yeah. up. Well, 
I don't I don't want to go out on a limb, but <laughs> you you know I'm not a big fan of the Paranormal Activity franchise. I like the first one. Yeah. Rewatching the Blair Witch Project, it's basically like them <laughs> <laughs> trying to recreate it beat for beat just in a house with a ghost. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, before we kick this film into the creek, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's make camp. So the film opens with the title card, The Blair Witch Project, white text on a black background. We then get text that reads, in October of 1994, Three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, their footage was found. And it's like, there's no music. There's no nothing. No. It's like, oh, we're we're about to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what sells it is there's no frills. Mm-hmm. No. To the, to the point. It's always imitated, never duplicated. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, but the film properly opens on Heather Donahue, played by Heather Donahue. <laughs> showing us her home that she tells us she's leaving for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. She shows us her essential reading, How to Stay Alive in the Woods, and a book containing an article detailing events that happened at a place called Coffin Rock. In all honesty, I'd be so much more worried about the woods than the witch. Yeah. No, I'd be worried about both. (laughs) Who am I kidding? You'd be a wreck, but... (laughs) The idea, I think, of using the bathroom in the woods is personally offensive to me. The next thing we see is Heather outside teasing Josh Leonard, played by Joshua Leonard, as he pulls up to the house seemingly late. Heather films him as he goes over the filming equipment that he brought for the trip. We get footage of them filming each other, Josh appearing in color while the footage of Heather is in black and white. So we see the the two cameras that right. we're going to be working with throughout the film. I love this two, yeah. you know, camera situation. I feel like situation. it would be confusing if just everything looked exactly the, you know what i mean right, like, right. i like the the You're difference like, who's filming what exactly yeah. you know with this you kind and you can also the way i was watching it was they're kind of filming their documentary but they're also filming the filming of their documentary yeah, yeah. the color All is the, the fun yeah, exactly. stuff yeah or supposed to be the black and white is like the official shit mm-hmm. right i i like it because it made me kind of feel like oh this is real you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they're not I guess not being professional, they're like, we're going to yeah. fuck around. We just <laughs> yeah. got these yeah. cameras. Let's. And I can tell you firsthand, filming a lot of stuff at university with a bunch of other college student yeah. friends, there's a lot of fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all business. No. Back inside Heather's house, she tells Josh that they need to go pick up Mike, and they're already behind schedule. They haven't even started yet. <laughs> We see them pull up to Mike's house as they're filming. I'm, I don't need to keep saying that. The whole movie yeah. is them filming. Um, and it's made clear that Mike is Josh's friend and Heather is just meeting him for the first time. So Mike Williams, played by Michael C. Williams, opens the door to his house and calls goodbye to his mom before coming over to the car. Once inside the car, Mike thanks Heather for the opportunity to work on the project. And Heather remarks about the vast amount of battery power that they have for the cameras, <laughs> which I'm glad she did because yeah. that, it, you know, serves as an explanation for later. Exactly. I did have a couple of things here. Just one. I do like that they make it clear that she did not know Mike beforehand. Yeah. Because it adds an interesting dynamic. Right. And it also tells you a lot about her relationship with Josh. Mm-hmm. Because but that she would trust him. Exactly. To, yeah. Enough to have him 
pick a partner and him be a total stranger and her be like, okay. Yeah. Also, and if you go on the Blair Witch website, they have Heather Donahue's diary Mm. from before the trip throughout the trip. And it's a very interesting read. Like they did everything. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's very impressive. The other thing uh, I think they made a very smart move, kind of like we talked about with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm hmm. The only music you hear in the film is that car stereo. Yeah, yeah. that's all. Which never again. Yeah. I'm I'm so grateful for that. Yes. Oh yeah. It really. Could you imagine if it was like no. when shit happened? Like fuck this movie. It honestly would forever. It, it would ruin it. <laughs> yeah. It would ruin it. <laughs> but we see them at the store stocking up on essentials, aka applesauce, power bars, and marshmallows. <laughs> At a restaurant, Heather asks a server if she's ever heard of the Blair Witch, and she says that her sister went to Blair High School, <laughs> which the waitress is played by Eduardo Sanchez's sister, and Eduardo Sanchez named the Blair Witch Project after Blair High School that that sister went to. <laughs> it's getting meta. So yeah, it's like really funny for no reason. No. I did want to point out, we're saying, obviously, they're playing themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. They were originally given the names Jane, John, and Bill. <laughs> and according to Texas Frightmare Weekend interview, that's the only regret Heather Donahue has was using her real name. Oh, oh wow. Because aside from her name becoming intellectual property for them to use, mm-hmm. and they still use it, when it came time for auditions for any of them, they were like, well, who are, but you, what? And they were asking them questions about the Blair Witch. They're like, I'm here to audition right. for it. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, so they tough. own their names. I don't well, know. If it's they, the names of the yeah. characters. So technically, yeah, but, yeah, but no, but yeah. yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> it just sucks. Later, sitting at a table, Heather makes it clear that she doesn't want the film they're making to be cheesy. The woods around Halloween are creepy enough, and the legend itself is unsettling enough that they don't need to add anything to it. That sounds like they're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the directors were like saying that. I think. Later on, they fill out the first slate for their first shot. They all seem very hopeful and excited to make the film. In that black and white footage, Heather explains over shots of now Burkittsville, formerly known as Blair, that Burkittsville is like a small town anywhere. We see footage of her reporting from a cemetery that the town was founded by 20 families over 200 years ago. The families that aren't still in the town below are buried here on the hill. We see shots of children's graves as Heather narrates the fact that an unusual number of children are buried here, most of them coming from the 1940s. When pressed, no one in the town remembers anything unusual about that time, but legend tells a different story, and that story is backed up by the graves. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that they hint at things that are covered in the Curse of the Blair Witch documentary. The crazy thing about that documentary is that it was originally part of the film itself. Oh, all right. According to that TFW interview, they Uh were saying that originally it was going to be like 90% that special and 15 minutes maybe of the footage that ended up in this film. (laughs) And they kept editing and more and more ended up, okay, 30 minutes of you guys. Okay, well, 45 minutes of you guys. You know what? Fuck it. All. No (laughs) no documentary at all. But- Some of the cool things about this story that don't kind of get fleshed out is the town of Burkittsville was founded in 1824. Mm -hmm. 
it was actually Blair that was founded in 1785, which is where the story of the Blair Witch comes from. Right. Is that year. It's there's an interesting story. Should I just why don't what? Yeah. Why don't you just tell it? And uh, then we'll uh, all <laughs> everybody will be on the same page moving forward. Okay. I think that would probably be helpful. OK. The documentary is free on Tubi if anybody mm-hmm, wants yes. to watch it, but, but it's chock full of information. Having this short bit of background will help this movie. You'll Your appreciation for it will grow even more. Exactly. But the town of Blair was founded around 1785, and they accused this woman named Ellie Kedward of witchcraft. And suddenly, after they accused her and they took her out into the woods, they tied her to a tree and just let her stay there. But then when they go to find her the next mm-hmm. morning, she's gone. Hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. To a tree. <laughs> to a tree. <laughs> and so they're like, well, whatever. But then suddenly, not only do the majority of the townsfolk start to disappear, all of the children start to disappear. Mm. And they're like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't yeah. have tied that lady to a tree. <laughs> yeah, you think? And so they fucking vacate. The right. second the season breaks, they're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. So 1824, it's founded. But 1825, a little girl named Eileen Treacle is by a lake. And she ends up getting drowned. Mm-hmm. And there are about a dozen eyewitnesses who say they see a ghostly white hand come up from the water and pull her in. If all these people were watching a hand, why didn't they try to help her? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> like, damn, that I mean, hand means business. That's crazy, man. <laughs> but then, the <laughs> I'm just saying. The next event happens in 1886, and we'll get to that in just a minute when we get towards that part of the film. Mm-hmm. But you'll start to see a pattern of about every 40 or 50 years, the Blair Witch is fucking shit up. Yeah. (laughs) And so it just so happens, you know, 1999 falls in a sort of pattern, if you will. Right. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) But in the car after the cemetery shoot, they're all stoked. Mm -hmm. The ending is done. Later at a store in the color film, they ask a man if he's ever heard of the Blair Witch. He says he has, and that that's a very old story. In the official black and white footage, they interview him, and he begins the story of a hermit, Rustin Parr, who lived on a mountain. The film cuts to a woman holding her daughter, giving details about having heard about the Blair Witch from neighbors, and also having seen a documentary (laughs) about ghosts and legends of Maryland that included the Blair Witch. It cuts again to a younger man who says that the Blair Witch was a story his grandmother used to tell the kids to get them to stay in their beds. If you stay up too late or walk around the house too much, the Blair Witch will get you. And I'm like, would that work on my kids? <laughs> I gotta be honest, I love that. That's scary yeah. as hell. I think it's fantastic. That lady, the other lady being interviewed, should have told her kids, if you don't stop picking, picking your, your nose, nose <laughs> the Blair Witch will get you. But I knew you were gonna whatever. <laughs> Jumping back to the first man, he says that in the fall or winter of 1940, kids around town started disappearing. It cuts to the woman again, and she tells a story about two men who were out camping near a cabin that the Blair Witch is supposed to haunt, and they ended up just disappearing off the face of the earth. I noticed that her interview was interviewed in color, like you said. So I think that they were just like, and eh, we'll just chat with her a little well, the, bit. Well, the younger man's interview was in color too. So I don't know. So I, they yeah. were just like, I like the look of this yeah. old man. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I also read that they could not find that lady to sign the release form. Oh, shit. So like they spent forever looking for her or something because they were just wandering around this town, I guess. Yeah. Well, they had to have found her if they used her, right? I know. I mean, right? Because I, this, I swear, working on stuff like this has led me to believe so much reality TV is bullshit. 
Yeah. If you see somebody without their face blurred, they signed a release to be they, yeah. featured. They oh, had yeah. to have. So just for the record, not to break your world or anything. But <laughs> So that first man, the official man, says that one day Rustin Parr comes down to the market and says, I'm finally finished. At the time, no one knew what it meant, but when the police finally went to the mountain to search his house, they found the bodies of seven local kids. That line, I'm finally finished. Yeah. It put a pin in that because it becomes one of the coolest moments in the Blair Witch 2. Yes. Probably the coolest. Probably, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the cool moment. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's very important. It cuts to the younger man who says that Parr would take the children into his basement by twos. He would make one face into the corner while he killed the first one. And then when he was finished, he would grab the second child from the corner and then kill that one, too. He said he couldn't take their eyes on him. That's why he would make them face into the corner. Interesting. Now, (laughs) (laughs) on that Curse of the Blair Witch documentary, they had an interview with Rustin Parr from the 40s and they show it. Yeah. And I guess that's probably whenever he shared all that juicy information. But they also point out that he had said that there was a house that he took them to, his little murder dome or whatever. Yeah. Um, in there, there's a ton of writing on the walls and it's like runes and backwards glyphs and all this right. stuff. Yeah. And they had asked him if he killed those kids and he said, yeah. And they said, did you write that on the walls? He goes, no. Yeah. So, Which it would be easier to admit to yeah. write. Exactly. <laughs> you get a graffiti charge as opposed to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he also says that it was a woman's voice who told him to do what he did. Even worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they go, is it the Blair Witch? And he's like, maybe. Well, like, shit. <laughs> Could have been. I was a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> but the woman says that she believes in the legend of the Blair Witch en- enough to not go out into the right. woods. Fair. Which is where I'm at. Like, well, yeah. Do you believe in Candyman? No. Am but, I going to say his name in the mirror? Yeah. <laughs> also, no. But the first man tells them about a woman named Mary Brown who insists that the woods are haunted, but she's just seen as, quote unquote, crazy by the townspeople. <laughs> I love that interview with him when he's yeah. like, oh, she was crazy. And Heather's like, how is she seen by the townsfolk? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Makes sense. So they find Mary Brown's house next, of course, adorned with clearly uh, like handmade gate of sticks. Mm hmm. Now, I'll, I want to talk about the gate in a second, okay. but Mary Brown, played by Patricia DeCoo, comes out and is more than willing to be interviewed by Heather. Very quickly, the filmmakers put up flyers around a college for extras to be in this movie, and Patricia DeCoo was the only one that answered them. Uh. <laughs> this is this woman's real house, including that creepy-ass stick gate, including the American flag in the window. That This is her real house that they went to. Well, she's a character. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) back to the film. Heather asked Mary Brown if she had any experience with the Blair Witch. And (laughs) Mary Brown, again, is a character. (laughs) She tells the story of going fishing at a creek with her father when she was young. She was laying in the leaves when she got an eerie feeling. And she looked up and saw a woman. But she was covered in black hair, seemingly like horse fur. And she... (laughs) <laughs> she makes a note to say that several yeah. times. She's married to this idea. <laughs> Horse fur. She says she had a shawl on and she opened up her shawl to reveal that her entire body was covered in, in- the horse fur. <laughs> when asked about the witch's face, Mary Brown can only say it was strange looking. 
Cool. All right. Yeah. In the car after the interview, they make fun of her, obviously. Of course. Heather says that Mary Brown claimed to be in the film industry. She's a historian writing a book about American history. She's a ballerina (laughs) and she's a scientist with the Department of Energy. According to that TFW interview, all of that was them really talking about that lady. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Apparently, they had a really weird time filming with her because the majority of the people in the town that they interviewed were actors. Right. They didn't know that at the time. They were plants from the directors. Yeah. Yeah. But when they talked to Mary Brown, they're like, well, she's obviously an actor, too. Right. But she wasn't. (laughs) So she's just telling these stories. Josh said something very crazy, though. He said that he went inside her home to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. And when he came out, he noticed something, quote, not living in her bed. In her bed? Yeah. (laughs) And That's so, the worst like, way you can end this. Yeah. <laughs> so they and they said that she said she was in the CIA at a time, and he said like oh she danced with Brishnikov, and so she's well, a, a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's led a life. Yeah, I mean, yikes! That just sounds. I know she's saying a lot of crazy shit, mm-hmm. but that just sounds ter- terrifying. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, just a horse fur. You can't even like. I don't know what her face looked like, mm. but it's like well, I, don't I would wanna... be distracted by the fur. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> I would come out of the bathroom and be like, we got what we need. We need to go now. (laughs) I read that that scene too when they're interviewing her does not look great. It looks all blurry. It is. Because Joshua Leonard didn't know how to use that camera. Right. And so he was just doing the... (laughs) The best he could. So is that is him complaining about not knowing the difference between Maybe. feet and meters real? Maybe. That's oh, so yeah. funny, dude. Well, yeah, because that happens right now. Yeah. And Josh is like, I've only used this camera like once. Yeah. <laughs> so that very well could have been real. That's just great. That night at a motel, they drink and congratulate themselves on a day well done. Heather stops the film saying that she needs to call her mom. When the film comes back up, they check the equipment and record each other again. Heather insists that they all need to get rest because tomorrow is going to be a hard day. In a moment of levity, they film her taking a shot of scotch before declaring that she hates scotch. I didn't get that when I was a kid. I was like, what's wrong with that juice? (laughs) (laughs) When if you go and read her diary moments like this have a little more meaning right because she talks about wrestling with the fact that first of all she's the only girl Mm -hmm. secondly this is her project so they're kind of supposed to listen to whatever she says right so she's trying to like have this dynamic where she is one of the guys and yeah we're taking shots and this is fun but you need to get rest and you know we got to get up you know so it's yeah it's, it's a really just watching that scene having read that little extra piece that right you know the movie is fine without it but they fleshed these characters out in such an interesting way that it's like yeah I can I can see that because she's like we need to go to bed we have a full day and then she's but, taking this, a shot of a drink that she doesn't even yeah. like yeah like it I, I appreciated that. And it also makes you appreciate Heather as a character more because yeah. you're like, man, I can relate to this struggle. Trying yeah. to, yeah. Exactly. It's tough. But in the morning, as they pack to leave the motel, Heather films herself in the mirror, welcoming us to day two. Later, they approach two fishermen who are fishing at a creek, asking if they've heard the legend of the Blair Witch. Heather, like we were saying, gets their permission to be filmed. Yeah. And the older fishermen clearly believes in the Blair Witch and the younger fisherman clearly does not believe in the Blair Witch. We get the official black and white footage as the younger fisherman tells the story of a girl named Robin Weaver who wandered away and disappeared into the woods. 
Three days later, she appeared back on her grandmother's porch, babbling about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. So this is the story from 1886. Yeah. The what happened at Coffin Rock, which was that girl disappeared and they sent a search party out to look for her and that search party didn't come back. So they sent right. another search party. And I think that's where we're getting to. Yes, we were getting there. <laughs> But the older fisherman who believes says that about 100 yards away, one time he saw a white misty thing and he still doesn't know what that was. It looked like vapor rising out of the water and it just disappeared into the trees. And the younger fisherman tells him he's full of it. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, the look on his face. He's, he's like, so he wants to tell his friend to shut up. Yeah. Like, oh, this shit. It's like, dude, someone was just night swimming and smoking pot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the older man says that he wasn't even drinking that day. So it, it really <laughs> happened. And he says that this all ties back to Coffin Rock. And everyone knows that this area has been haunted by that old woman for years. Is anybody else jealous of this legend? I want one here. <laughs> I don't I don't need everyone don't need dead. To, but I was going to say, we don't need to go looking for it. No. Later, like on the outside of the woods... They put on their giant packs and get ready for a hike. Heather takes a receding shot of their car as they enter the woods. I don't know if I'm alone here, but I would kind of be interested to go out there and like just to look at it <laughs> like Coffin Rock where all that I, happened. I would, too. But like I would prefer if there was a path. Well, no, yeah. And if but... maybe this didn't fall in the Blair Witch's pattern of fucking shit up. Well, we just got to tie rope to us yeah, in the car something. and then we can... It's like poltergeist. Yeah. Something. <laughs> there you go. Once inside the woods, Heather basically tells them that she knows where they're going now. They jump over a stream and continue hiking and Heather is proven right when they do come upon Coffin Rock. We get the official black and white footage of Heather reading a passage from that book about Coffin Rock from the beginning. Mm -hmm. She tells the story of the five men that were found on Coffin Rock. They were bound to each other, each man's hands bound to the next man's feet. She says that blood evidence showed that this structure of the men had been made while each of them were still alive. Each man had his intestines ripped out and had illegible carvings marked into their face. So this was that search party. Yes, that was the first search party. I've also heard this is one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. Not so much. But the second search party who was looking for the first search party came upon them and left to go find the sheriff. When they returned hours later, the stench of death was still in the air and vultures were on the rock, but the bodies were completely gone. So that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forensically, like, well, what can you do? No, nothing. <laughs> I guess we go back home. I yeah. Mean. I, I do like to like care when they're talking about all this. Mm -hmm. it, 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 and this is why I think I still enjoyed this movie. It kept me like I'm paying attention now instead of for the show. I'm just like, oh, shit, what's going <laughs> to yes. I know yeah. what's going to happen, yeah, but, but I still want to hear it. I did want to point out an aside on IMDb. Heather Donahue wrote all of these That's things about, really? yeah. Oh, wow. The filmmakers gave her all the information that I've been kind of annoyingly sharing. <laughs> and they were basically like, you know, you're making this documentary. Right. So learn all this information. And then when we get to these landmarks, write a bit that you would put in the documentary in film. Huh. And so she did a great job, you know, more uncredited work. I feel like all these actors, when you're improving an entire film, yeah, which also lends um, believability and a genuine feeling to all these performances. Oh yeah. Yes. They kind of, and of course you can't give them credit 
on the film itself. No, no. <laughs> but, of course not. Um, they should have gotten more credit for what they Something. did. Yeah. But afterwards, over footage of them, we hear Heather lamenting that it was rushed because she was so eager to make camp before dark. She's hopeful that they'll be able to edit it together for the documentary. Later, as they set up the tent, it starts raining hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heavy rain. <laughs> They're unable to even make a fire, but their spirits are still high. Mike shows us a leaning stick that he made. And <laughs> that night, as they settle into the tent, they make jokes about being allowed to fart in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you were going to try to not say <laughs> that. <laughs> well, there's nothing you can do. There's no other way to say it. I do hope they reshoot the Coffin Rock footage because you could hear a plane over the entire thing. <laughs> uh-huh. And their professor will mark them down for that. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> In the morning, Heather asked Josh to explain the noises that he heard last night. Still wrapped up in his sleeping bag, Josh says that he heard two sounds coming from two layers of space. One of them admittedly could have been an owl, but the other one was definitely cackling. And Mike says that if he would have heard cackling, he would have shit his pants. <laughs> same, Mike. Yeah. Same. So, oh, yeah. So what's a cackle exactly? Like A, a laugh. Like, <laughs> like, is that a cackle? Well, then we're yeah. done. Yeah, I would have shit. I would have shit too. Never mind. Wake up. And we're leaving. Yeah. Um, we're going to get a zero and that's fine. Yeah. Nah, no shit. <laughs> but later, Josh films the map for a second, asking where they started yesterday. When Heather says that they started off the map because she knew where they were going, Josh raises the camera to show her, jokingly telling her that she's full of shit. I feel like this is where a little panic is kind of like... Yeah. Uh, a little bit of yeah. tension. Yeah. yeah. He says, in all seriousness, she did get them lost yesterday. And she admits that she did, but it was only for a brief amount of time. Mike pleads that she does not get them lost today. In her defense, she got them to Coffin Rock. She did, but you can... I don't know. There's something very frustrating about someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, but they're like, no, I got this. I got yeah, this. We're fine. No, yeah. I would be pissed. I That would that really gets under my skin. Like, you know, our lives are in your hands, right? It literally. <laughs> Josh asks her if she's pleased with how the documentary is going, and she says that she is. He asks her what she thinks about the Blair Witch herself, and Heather looks around the woods, admitting that she doesn't really know whether she exists or not. In her diary, she thinks that she yeah it does yeah well shit um i did want to recant something that i said on talk mortem Mm -hmm. i did say that the cinematography in this film was the worst ever but this black and white b-roll is pretty fantastic yeah like it's some good work they would have gotten a great grade (laughs) (laughs) later as they hike up a hill heather is the only one happy about this quote-unquote shortcut she promises that they will get to a trail once they reach the top of this hill. We get a quick cut of them making fun of Mike's chest hair. <laughs> and they stop to jokingly ponder if the Blair Witch is responsible for a dead mouse they found. Heather stops to pee and Josh films her trying to find a spot. So it's like they're obviously trying to find their way. Right. Um, but things are still chill. Like we're still yeah. making jokes, you know. And I like that we're seeing the side of them. Yeah. yeah. I think it works and it gives you even more insight that they're like, you know, they're just some college they're students. Real, they're real people. Yeah. Later, Heather says that they'll be hitting the cemetery in about 90 minutes. Mike says, says you. And she's offended later when they choose to stop and look at the map, even though she knows exactly where they're going. <laughs> now agitated, Mike asks her to just admit that they're lost and she won't. This is what I'm talking about. That that Okay, that would we, be annoying. We all, we all know we're lost. Yeah. Yeah. 
I understand, like you said, she's responsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just admit you're lost. Just say it. Maybe like, we can work together to get our bearings. Something, like, stop yeah. acting like you're in control of the situation. That would drive me nuts. But she's the director, so if she doesn't yeah. know what's going on, then she cedes the power to them. I I understand that. That would but still no. that would yeah. still fucking. I, I don't want to be off. lost. No, no. When she she's like, did you agree to do this project? And he says, yes, he agreed to do a scouted out project, not just wandering around the woods. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. As they begin to fight, Josh tries to de-escalate the situation. He says they're both being smart asses and everyone needs to just calm down. They can find where they are in the map and go from there. Now, I don't know if this is the millennial in me. Hmm. I don't know how the fuck that map would help anybody. Dude. (laughs) We're just surrounded by trees. There's well, no yeah. oh, there's a sit go like there's no I I don't know what a the fuck this is. I don't know. <laughs> Do they even still have I don't them? know. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no landmark around for me to be like no. oh that pile of rocks is right here. Let me find or to say that this is this path is that path. Yeah, I'm awful at directions anyway. Right. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's somebody even trying to find it. No, I oh, am. <laughs> right yes i am and i just i don't i understand the importance of the map it would do nothing for me they had a compass right which also helps no yeah in using the map because you can say look okay north has a formation like this moss only grows on this side (laughs) of the tree i don't know i can't even do that in games no me neither i'm bad at it i use that mini map like my life depends on it (laughs) (laughs) and my little icon better have an arrow pointing or else we are fucked channeling me mike looks at the map and admits that it's greek to him (laughs) he tells heather that he's gonna have to put his trust in her although he doesn't fully trust her (laughs) i respect his honesty but he then gets annoyed at her insistence to film every single conversation they have she says this is part of the documentary and they'll look back on this footage one day and laugh heartily we can only hope Yeah. yeah We get footage of them each crawling and balancing over a log suspended over a creek. Over this, we hear dialogue of them not wanting to do this and wondering how they're going to get all their equipment across. Later, Heather says that they're very close now and asks if they're excited and no one says anything. (laughs) (laughs) They come across a small clearing with a tree in the middle. In the tree is a nest filled with rocks. Around the clearing is a circle made of sticks and within the circle are more piles of rocks. As she films the rocks, she tries to remember what Mary Brown had mentioned about piles of rocks pertaining to a story in the Bible. I I don't I don't know. I don't know much about rocks or the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) But Heather counts that there are seven piles of rocks. Oh, shit. Uh Seven. Rustin Parr. He had seven (gasps) victims. I've seen this movie 150 times. It took me two right now. And I got goosebumps. That's. (laughs) Is Mary Brown the harbinger? I don't think nah. <laughs> But later at camp, they roast Vienna sausages and talk Gilligan's Island. 
I read on Film School Rejects that this is the most expensive shot in the film because they had to clear the rights for the Gilligan's Island oh my <laughs> theme song. Because <laughs> he's yeah, singing it. Exactly. They're like, mm, they need to, you got to pay up. I read that when they pull up to meet Mike, uh-huh. they had to overdub that because they couldn't get the rights to the song that was playing. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they had to change it. Filmmaking's expensive, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So after they eat, they go back over to the rock area, I guess, because Heather wants footage of the rocks in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh accidentally knocks one of the rock piles over. Heather puts them back together before kissing her hand and touching the rock, saying, you can never be too careful, which and, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, she's right. At least she tried. Yeah. Mm. But they pack up and head back to camp. That night, the camera comes back up and Heather leaves the tent, explaining that they were sleeping and heard noises. She calls out into the woods and no one answers her, but we can hear twigs snapping. Mm, Very clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She mentions that the sounds are all around them. Josh follows her with the camera, but Mike refuses to leave the tent. And I do not blame him. <laughs> yeah, hell no. no. Well, I'm scared. I ain't going out there. I It made me laugh because he's not only refusing to go with them, but he's saying he doesn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we all hear She's it. She's like, well, how can you not hear yeah. <laughs> Just be truthful. He's like, there's no, nope. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> But in the morning, it's raining again, and Heather asks Josh what he thought the sounds were. Josh says he thinks it's someone fucking with her, citing deliverance. I'd much rather deal with the witch than deliverance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fuck. She then asks Mike if he understands why she was so desperate to just get out there and get any of it on tape. And he says he does understand. But to him, it sounded like a bunch of people running around and he doesn't want to fuck with locals, which I get. Oh, yeah. Nuh-uh. No. He says if someone is out there fucking with them, they must have something wrong with them. And he doesn't want any part of it. Again. Yeah. No, Team yeah. Mike. Not only that, I mean, that's their backyard. They know exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. You don't even know where yeah. you are. You can't go to a cemetery yeah. without getting lost. They don't even need that map. No. Yeah. <laughs> Later, as they're walking, Heather comments basically to the camera that nobody is really speaking to her. Then Mike says that he doesn't remember any of this from when they were walking into the woods. She tells them it's fine. They're going to be out of here in two hours max. I just defended you, Heather. Two hours (laughs) of more hiking. (laughs) Max. You got us lost. Just. Josh asked that if they took the shortcut in, why aren't they taking the shortcut out? And good question. Yeah. Um, Heather tells them that it's fine. And this is just the most direct way to the car. Right. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of bullshit. Yeah. They ask her if she's sure. And she says that she is, but they do not look like they believe her. And again, I don't blame them. (laughs) Later, Heather mentions that they just did a map check and they seem to be pretty much on trail. And Josh goes, that's not what I said. Yeah. No, I guess that was just playing it up for the camera. (laughs) Heather. (laughs) We're all here. We are at Cedar Rapids. (laughs) (laughs) But she just dismisses him and says to keep moving. They start fighting. Josh citing that they're in the middle of nowhere. And Heather maintains they're fine. (sighs) That afternoon, that camera comes on again with Heather suggesting that they just make camp because they're still a ways off from the car. What happened in two hours? Oh, my God. Mike is firm that he is not camping here another night. She needs to turn off the camera and get them home. Josh demands that she turn the camera off and give him the map. Mike wanders away and starts screaming and cursing, and they decide to just find a place to sit down and check the map. 
I think Mike might need to chill a little bit, though. I don't know. I mean, I get that he's mad, but he's like, fucking bullshit. And she's like, relax. And he's like, don't fucking tell me to relax. And I'm like, not only are we calm not, down a little not, bit. Not only are we not in the car on the way home, you're saying that we have to sleep here again tonight and you don't know where the fuck we are and we might not even be in the car on our way home tomorrow. Look, Vienna sausages are not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would be screaming too. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. She's the reason that they're lost. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Undeniably. Yeah. I feel bad I can't argue your points, <laughs> but <laughs> When the camera picks back up, it is pitch black outside and Josh asks Heather if she's happy. I think she'd much rather be in the car, too. Like, they make it like she... Okay, no, but yeah, if you would have yeah. admitted five hours ago that we were lost, we could have stopped and figured this out. But you said you knew where we were going and so we kept going. I'd be pissed, too. I thought I knew. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always got to do caveats, right? man. Right, I think. We might. We're pretty much. She did say that. Did. Just saying. She says she's not happy, but she knows the car is close. They just can't find it in the dark. Mike is stressed because the equipment is due back tomorrow, and she assures him that they'll still get it back on time. Josh says he's supposed to be at work in the morning, and they just decide to finally make camp. Later, as Heather records from inside the tent, she says she hears the same noises from last night outside. She steps out of the tent, and we hear those same twig snapping sounds. We get eerie black and white shots of the trees as Heather looks around calling out to whoever's out there, which I don't think I would do. Yeah, I think this is the point where I would start to listen to what Josh was saying about people. Yeah, because it's the same noises. You know what I mean? Yes. Interestingly, according to IMDb, this was the director and a lot of the crew yeah. just snapping twigs and throwing them. <laughs> <laughs> it's effective. Yeah. yeah. And, and they wouldn't tell them when they were doing it. And so they would wake up in the middle of the night. They're like, is that noise? Well, fuck, we got to act now. Yeah, no, they would, and they they would actually go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would suck. Yeah. yeah. But Mike and Josh decide that it's just a deer. <laughs> okay. I- <laughs> but Heather says the sounds are coming from everywhere, just like last night. Mike finally admits that it sounds like footsteps and Heather tells him she'll stay outside with him while he records the sound. He begs for it to be close to morning, like maybe 5 a.m., but it's 3 a.m., which is the witching hour. Oh, hey. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) In the morning, even more interesting, there are three piles of rocks around their tent. As we've stated. Yeah. Probably not not good. good. Yeah. Heather is intrigued, but Josh is done. He says that they are clearly not wanted here and it's time to just get to the car. Before they leave, though, Heather mentions that she's disappointed that they have to leave now just as shit is starting to happen. I'd be like, bitch, if you don't... (laughs) Well, yeah... I do understand what she's saying because the thing about the rocks is that they weren't just a pile of rocks. They were, like, perfectly arranged, you know? So this is something interesting Although I do want to yeah, I don't know. get to tell people about this. <laughs> yeah. so maybe we should leave. Stuff is interesting as hell, but you got to live to tell That's about true. it. Yeah. I also read that Eduardo Sanchez, when he said that he rewatched this, he was annoyed because they're talking about, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here, but they won't pack up the tent because mm-hmm. Eduardo Sanchez and the rest of the crew would come and pack up the tent for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's like, they're just waiting on us. To exactly. come. <laughs> That's funny. Good to know they didn't have to do all that, too. They did everything else. Yeah, that's true. As they start packing their bags, Heather asks Josh if he took the map. 
He says he didn't take it. And she finally admits that it's gone. They're just going to have to leave without it. Josh is understandably upset. Mm -hmm. Mike asks if they really can't find it. And Josh says that Heather's the one who's always had it the whole time. She says that she always kept it in the same place. And if it's not there, somebody must have taken it. This is bad. Because not just about the loss of the map, but the bickering now. Now yeah. we now we really can't trust each other. Yeah, because she's so certain, he's so mm-hmm. certain, that's a bad recipe. No, it's really bad. Josh says he just wants to leave. Heather wants to stick around and film rocks, but he just wants to go home. Mike says that they need to keep walking in the same direction that they went all day yesterday. And Heather and Josh start fighting again over who had the map last. In the next shot, they're still fighting, but Mike is far ahead, done with the bullshit. Later, Josh lays under a tree, telling them to just come back for him. He's under the tree with the vine. (laughs) (laughs) There's just the one. There's just one. Calmer now, he says that all blame aside, this is fucked up. They have to stop blaming each other and just get out of here. They have to accept that they're not going to get the equipment back in time, and he's not going to make it to work tomorrow. But he rationalizes that when they're not back today, people are going to notice and they'll send someone to look for them. I appreciate the logic here. Yeah. You know, this isn't like 1920 when you could just go and disappear. And you're just gone. You know, people will look for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm glad because that made it more realistic for me. Right. Because they will. If you're gone, somebody's going to fucking say something. That is not just, oh, we're dead out here. (laughs) It's not the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Yeah, Someone someone will come. Yeah. Later, they try to cross the stream and Josh gets wet. Mike laughs hard. (laughs) A little too hard. Yeah. Heather even mentions that this is the first time he's laughed in days. Once they get across, they laugh at Heather for getting her shoes wet. And in this moment of levity, she's like, were you guys lying about the map? (laughs) Like, can we just... (laughs) We decided to move on. They say they weren't lying about the map. She continues to press and Josh flips her off and walks away, which I don't really blame him. He's tired of hearing about it. We're trying to make the best of a bad situation. And Mm -hmm. you're like, come on, guys. Remember that bad situation? (laughs) Let's talk about it some more. Yeah. When the camera comes back up, Heather is mad that they were laughing at her shoes being wet. <laughs> Josh is like, all her shoes are wet. Yeah, dude, yeah. let them laugh. I, I didn't understand that. I was like, now you want to be pissed off? Yeah. I was like, come on, We dude. are all miserable together. <laughs> yeah. Let us find something to laugh about. <laughs> Josh tries to calm her down while Mike just continues to laugh. He finally speaks up with an admission. He knows it's fucked up, but he kicked that fucking map into the creek yesterday. He continues to laugh as they come to the realization that he's serious. Mm-hmm. Heather screams at him, calling him an asshole and tells him that if they die out here, it's all his fault. Mike and Josh physically mm. fight for a moment before the camera turns yeah. off. So just two things real quick. One, although it was Heather's idea to come out here, mm-hmm. she's 100% right. From this point forward, without the map, if, if something goes wrong, it's Mike's fault. Well, I mean... Honestly, look, they are lost, and I know you don't know anything about maps, but <laughs> maps I are mean, useful. Right, yeah, but there was a chance they could have found the creek right. or a landmark on the map now, or something. Now that's gone. Now I know where we're at. We were lost, but guess what? I know where we are now. We have the compass, uh-huh. like you said. Let's find our way out. Now and that's now out the we window. Don't. And then you look back at them 
like do you have it no you had it and mike's like you guys really can't find it yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was the other thing he's like oh i fucked up bad (laughs) but the funny thing is that i read on imdb that he thought that they saw him kick the map into the creek (laughs) because the the directors told him to do it right and so he just did it but he thought that he was being watched the whole time so when it blew up he was like oh shit oh yeah you guys didn't see that yeah (laughs) well he's like now i have to pick a time where i confess that i did this and you see him laughing earlier when they're trying to walk on the thing it's i think it's him trying to keep that secret yeah and being like they're gonna be so mad at me When the camera comes back up, the situation seems calmer, but they immediately start fighting again. When it comes back on again, they're all standing away from each other. And Heather demands that Mike give her the compass since he betrayed them. Yeah. Josh asks if he can hold the compass because Heather screwed them over. And now Mike has screwed them over Mm -hmm. and they start fighting again. Heather's like, if you wanted a compass, you should have grabbed one at the hamburger store. (laughs) I thought the same shit. You're not getting a compass. (laughs) Don't ask again. Well, she says, I paid for this compass. Yeah, I get it. But But I can get why Josh. He's the only one. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. But Heather, that's petty. Yeah, it is very. petty. And then not only that, it's like you had the map the whole time. and You really didn't seem like you knew what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Why should I even trust you with the compass? Fair. Yeah. Fair. And he's just going to kick it in the creek. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let Mike get anywhere near it. Yeah. But later, as Heather catches up to them, Mike screams that there's voodoo shit everywhere. When she gets there, we see those iconic stick men and they're hung up all over the section of the woods, including like this really huge one that looked like it had grass on it or something. Mm -hmm. He was their leader. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there are creepy moments of Heather filming all of them and they have to yell at Heather to get her to stop and move on. But this is good footage. It is. I mean, it is, but that's scary as shit. Can you imagine yeah, coming upon I, that? Oh, no. This is confirmation to me, or it would be, there are people out here. Yeah. Like, I'd kick myself in the creek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm ready to ask for help now. Yeah. So. I'm done. After they leave the Stickman area, Mike just starts screaming for help. Walking alone, Heather finally admits that they are lost and she doesn't know what to do. I was fine, I think, before Mike started screaming. Yeah. Because now I'm like, okay, no, we've lost any semblance of things being okay. That's no, it. we're full That's blown. Yeah. We're yeah. done. He's asking, he's screaming for help. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That night at camp, because yes, they're camping here again. Uh-huh. Josh suggests that maybe they don't light a fire because the last two nights they have, they heard those sounds. The first night they didn't light a fire because it was raining and nothing happened. Logic. Which, to me, that's right. solid no, logic. Yeah. Heather agrees, and Mike tells her to shut the camera light off, too. She does, and they go to sleep. In the middle of the night, Heather turns on the camera to whispering noises outside the tent. Josh mentions that it's little kids. It straight up sounds it, like children. Oh, yeah. It is. Heather tells them to get the equipment ready. We hear kids laughing just before there is banging on the outside of the tent, like right. people hitting the tent. And it's coming from all sides. So according to Film School Rejects, not only was the sound of children actual children, yeah, they taped them. It was, I guess they were playing across the street from Eduardo Sanchez's mom's house. Yeah. And so they taped them and then they had three boom boxes and they were blasting the noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so fucking scary. Absolutely. Uh, Mike said it was the scariest night of filming. 
I'm oh, sure. I I'm bet. sure it was. And but, then the banging on the tent. Yeah, and that that too. They yeah. said they were not warned. Of course, of course not. Yeah. So these reactions are genuine. Yeah, I read on IMDb they said that it was uh, Eduardo and the rest of the yeah. crew doing it, just hitting the. T- yeah, that they didn't know, like you said, when it was going to happen, <laughs> and then they just did it. We are no longer friends. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they run out of the tent, of course, Yeah, screaming. Heather screams, what the fuck is that? Looking over to her left. Now, this was supposed to be the shot of the actual Blair Witch. Hmm. But obviously, they're running with cameras. They didn't catch it. I think it was supposed to be a figure in like a white gown or something like that. They didn't catch it. I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Absolutely. I think, again... You compare it to like other horror films showing too much. Yeah. Right. And again, if this is a found footage film and they have definitive proof of yeah. <laughs> the Blair Witch in the woods. No, yeah. Isn't this movie kind of ruined? It is. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my friend Kristen about this, actually. And she was like, my only complaint is that you never see it. And then she was like, no, that would have ruined. <laughs> no, yeah. That would have ruined the whole film. If she's just like, hi, guys. Yeah. Like, hi, Blair Witch. Nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> Business card. <laughs> But our view alternates between Josh's camera, who is behind Heather, and Heather's camera, who's behind Mike. Mike is fucking flying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When they finally stop running, Mike tells them to just turn their lights off. We sit in complete darkness and hear them whisper to each other. Heather asks if they heard that baby, and Josh tells her, shut the fuck up. There was no baby. And Mike's like, "Hmm?" I heard a baby. Yeah, but Mike says that they haven't heard anything since they ran away. An hour later, in the light of day, they decide to go back to their camp. What's funny is in that little part there, he tells her, he says, turn your light off. Mm -hmm. She straight up stands up and shines the light behind them and then turns it (laughs) off. Of course. I mean, that's what he did. That's very Heather. She's not just going to turn it off. I will do what I please. Thanks. (laughs) But when they make it back, they realize that only Josh's stuff has been disturbed. It's been thrown around and is covered in some kind of slime. (laughs) I read on IMDb the slime was KY jelly. Oh. <laughs> well, because Mike's like, there's slime on it. And Josh goes, no, it's just wet. What the fuck it is? Yeah. Slime? <laughs> I Josh knocked over the rocks. He did. So, I he mean, did. you know. Coming for that ass. <laughs> Mike yells at Heather to stop filming. Isn't she scared enough already? Josh tells her that this isn't part of the documentary and to just stop. Mike physically grabs the camera yeah. and he tells Heather, if you bite me one more time, <laughs> yeah. oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> this got worse than we even saw. <laughs> that kills me every time. It's like, did she really That's bite her. him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just her defense mechanism. <laughs> well, she's not going to let go of the camera. Well, so yeah. I guess she can just kick him or bite him. Yeah. But the camera shuts off. And when it comes back up, Heather and Mike apologize to each other. Later, they cross another stream on a log. When they stop to take a break, Josh films Heather and tells her he understands why she likes this camera. It's kind of a filtered reality. She can use it to pretend that things aren't really happening. To me, that's one of the most interesting concepts in this film. Yeah. I, I really like that they included yeah, that. And I, I'm sure Josh came up with that on his own. Yeah, probably. But. <laughs> I think it also, I mean, speaks to us using film as an escape. No, yeah. Definitely. You know, escapism is one of the main reasons. So 
this is just on a grander scale. Yeah. And it also like logically explains why she is so obsessively right, filming right, right. without just saying, oh, it's for the documentaries for the, you know, this is kind of a psychological explanation. And every found footage film since has been chasing this reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they come up with the shittiest reason. Because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. The camera's uh, glued to my, I used gorilla glue on the camera and <laughs> stuck to my hand. So, you know, this was the smartest. For sure. But when we see them again, Josh is sitting by himself and Mike tells Heather to just leave him alone just for five minutes because he's lost it. He says it's important now to take care of each other. And that means not putting a camera in Josh's face while he's crying. And he's right. Oh, yeah. From where he lays, Josh asks for a cigarette and they tell him that they're out. His voice cracking. He asks why the blue jelly was only on his shit. Heather insists that they just keep moving south. I would be fucked up. Yeah. Why is it only on my shit? <laughs> Did anybody bring blueberry jam? And yeah. I said, no. Please. <laughs> Please tell me. Please fess up to it. Yeah. Later, together again, Mike says that it's going to come back tonight, so they need to just go. And these woods might just go on forever. Heather says that that's not possible. This is America, and we have destroyed our natural resources. <laughs> Mike begins to scream the national anthem, and once they start walking again, he and Josh sing it together. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a little heady, but I was like, man, them singing the national anthem... It kind of, to me, related to Ellie Kedward, the witch, uh-huh. and our dark past with Salem. Yeah, I mean... Like, can we make that bridge? Am I too much? Am I doing too much work right now? No, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. Thank you. Later, they stop at a stream and point out that this is the exact same stream they crossed and the exact same log that they crossed it on. Mike begins screaming and Heather starts to cry, saying it's not the same log. But as she sobs, she finally admits, yes, it is. Now, I read that the actors were actually upset because they had walked all day only to end up where they had started the day. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) They were giving them, what, GPS points to follow? Yeah, like vaguely telling them where to go. I had read on IMDb that some of their frustration was real because they got lost like three times by filming. (laughs) Man. That they gave them uh, walkie-talkies to keep in contact to make sure they wouldn't get lost. Mm Mm-hmm. But that they would get lost and they would have to go out there and find them again. Oh my God. I was like, that would suck still, too. Yes. You know, yeah. You know, there's really no, nothing's haunted, but just but to still. be lost. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, we don't know that nothing's haunted. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read that they thought that the Blair Witch legend was a real thing in Burkittsville. And they didn't find out until after the film oh, came out. Fuck. That I'm, would make it worse. I was oh, yeah. going to say, I'm kind of glad that they did that because I'm sure that they wouldn't have been as scared. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Like, I would be scared as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I read that Heather Donahue had asked them when she met them if they were making a snuff film. <laughs> and I feel like having gone through all this, I'd be like, they, they fucking are. Yeah. I knew it. I, I knew was it. Right. <laughs> I do want to point out, though, in, regarding the plot. Finding this log again might be one of the most frightening parts of the whole film. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, well, then what are the witch's powers? Yeah. Is she moving the woods? Because we've been walking in the same fucking direction for 15 hours. I have. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think, it, think about that. Yeah. I think it was Eduardo Sanchez who had said something pertaining to that and the stickmen. But mm. we can talk. Well, Later. no, we can talk about it right now. <laughs> okay. Um he had mentioned that the stick figures are like, once you see that you're at a different level of these woods. And oh, mm-hmm. that's, that just is what it is. Once you see those sticks, 
Yeah. In too deep. Yeah. Like I that was song. like some 41. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think too, like at that, you see the same thing. Yeah. There's some panic. You're going to be like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. I would just like start tearing pieces of my clothes and tying them around trees. That's smart. To try that, to mark really it. Smart. And then if you come back and it's like, my shirt's still there. Uh-huh. I, I'm not, I'm never leaving. This, this is literally, yeah. yeah. That's a genius move. I thought you were saying like tearing a piece of your shirt, like Stella. No. <laughs> little column a that's my contribution he's like well you just put on a fucking yeah drink. jesus <laughs> help us out a little bit. <laughs> later josh films heather telling her he wants to make movies heather responds with hostility and mike now is trying to de-escalate the situation they have apparently decided to take turns keeping watch and mike has volunteered to keep first watch He's trying to get back on their good side yeah. after <laughs> the map situation. He fucked up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not to be deterred, Josh advances on Heather, supplying her with motivation. You're lost, you're angry in the woods, and no one's here to help you. There's a witch who left trinkets around, and you took one of them, and now she's after you. We walked for 15 hours today and ended up in the same place. There's your motivation. So I didn't see her take one of the trinkets. We yeah, didn't, we didn't see all. her take it. I read... There's a point where all their shit is smashed and the witch like did whatever on Josh's stuff. Right. <laughs> um, oh, I don't like <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't like how you put that. But. Well, you know, everyone has their thing. But <laughs> apparently you can see one of the stick men that's crushed that is supposedly the one that Heather took. Heather. Uh. But I, I, that makes it even worse because now it's like, no, well, fuck, yeah. I was saying it was Mike's fault. And now if you're taking fucking trinkets. Yeah. yeah. Who do I blame? Yeah. All of you? No, yeah. All of you but Josh? Well, no, he kicked the rock. That was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) But Heather begins to sob, begging Josh to stop. Mike tells Josh that she's had enough. Heather tells him, well, Josh is like, she's still making movies. It's like, you've got the camera. (laughs) But Heather tells him that movies are all she has left, so just please stop yelling at her. He asks if she's going to write them a happy ending, and she walks away crying. Mike tells him he's getting like Heather was with the camera, Mm -hmm. and then that finally makes him turn the camera off. Movies are all I have left. Uh, I get... (laughs) I feel that. Um, I know, and I don't want to defend her. I know it's her fault and all that, but I mean, they had to have known there was some kind of risk. I mean, you're going... You're not getting hiking equipment for nothing for, yeah you true know, you had to have known we're going in these woods for something mm-hmm. even if it was like oh we're gonna go and we got the path and we're gonna come back you're still in the fucking woods anything could happen mm-hmm. stories are not yeah like supernatural aside no yeah woods are scary on their own oh yeah, yeah. they don't need a witch no, no. <laughs> that night mike records as heather men's pants Josh apologized to both of them and they began to fantasize about food, which like... It's sad. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Josh says he wants his mom's mashed potatoes and then he goes, and a piece of ass. And then the scene just cuts. I'm like, what happened? (laughs) They're like, well, I don't have the potatoes. Yeah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're just mashing it now. (laughs) The next thing we see is the morning and Heather is screaming for Josh, who is apparently missing. She remembers what he said yesterday about the jelly only being on his shit. Mike. <laughs> Sorry, just jelly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he it says. Though. Yeah. yeah, Blue jelly. Mm-hmm. Mike tries to be rational, saying they can just get ready to leave. And when Josh comes back, they can all go together. Now, a quick note here. 
they're actually surprised that Josh is gone. Mm -hmm. They left Josh a note to wait until Heather and Mike fell asleep and to sneak out. So they oh, all went to bed together right. and woke up and Josh is just gone. Because she's freaking out. And well, yeah. yeah. Like, Legitimate. You know, yeah. <laughs> but Heather sits alone in the next shot saying that Josh still hasn't come back. She doesn't know if he ran away, but he left all his stuff here. Later, she asked Mike what he thinks about going east since south obviously didn't work. After confirming that the Wicked Witch of the West was the bad one, he agrees to go east. But aren't they both bad? I don't make my decisions based on Wizard of Oz, <laughs> so I can't help you. I thought the North Witch was the good one. Is it I North Witch? I think. I Is that the Blair Witch? <laughs> <laughs> don't follow that one. Okay. I did think that from here on out, since people are just disappearing in the night, we're all cuddling from now on. Oh, uh, Because if I feel you leave my arms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that's it. But the next time we see them, they're stopping to make camp again. They sit together and fantasize some more about food. Mike asks what her favorite thing to do on a Saturday is. And she says it used to be going hiking in the woods. But <laughs> that's probably going to change now. I love that they still have their sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. Because honestly, I might still be cracking jokes at this point. What else do you have? That's all you have left. No, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, movies and jokes. That's it. <laughs> That night, they wake up to the sound of Josh screaming in agony, and it's clearly Josh's voice. Yes. Something interesting about that, I learned in the TFW interview, Mike said that they were piping in through those speakers, Josh's screams. Huh. And he said it sounded, whenever they were in the woods, clear as day that it was coming oh through speakers. <laughs> but then when they watch the film, it sounds like he's there. Oh, it yeah. does. I don't know how they did that, but that's just so interesting. Yeah. But they come out of the tent and call after him, begging him to just tell them where he is. Josh continues to scream, and it sounds like in pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Heather wonders if it's, quote unquote, them fucking with them. The sounds seem to be coming from everywhere. Later, after the screaming stops, Heather asks Mike to stay awake with her, and he's like, I can't fall asleep anyway. Yeah. Mike says that they don't know for sure that it was Josh, but Heather says whatever it was sounded like him. The next morning, Heather gets out of the tent, leaving Mike inside asleep. So I guess he could sleep. Yeah. As soon as she gets out, she sees a bundle of sticks tied together at the front of the tent. It is clearly tied together with pieces of Josh's shirt that yeah. he was wearing. It's that badass plaid shirt. Yeah, the yeah. blue one. <laughs> she calls out to Mike and Mike tells her to get rid of it. She picks it up and just throws it away from the tent. When we see them again, Mike is rocking back and forth, sitting alone, telling her that they, they'll just keep walking. He found cigarettes at the bottom of his pack, and that tells him that they're still alive. Heather sets up the camera and goes over to Mike. She puts her arm around him, and they start rocking back and forth together. I just want to say, if they fell in love from here, is good love story or greatest <laughs> love story <laughs> greatest. ever, right? The next thing we see is Heather going over to the bundle of sticks alone. Now, a, a quick note here. They left that bundle, obviously, there for her to find. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to open it then, not throw oh, it away. <laughs> so they left a note that was like, no, go open it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, sorry. Yeah. But she unties it and finds a smaller piece of Josh's shirt inside wrapped around something. She unwraps it to discover that it's full of blood. She gasps and screams when she finds teeth and hair inside of it. And she starts, understandably, to hyperventilate and cry. Of course. Uh, interesting point about that is I saw in an interview with the three cast members, mm -hmm. 
they had said that they kept getting different reactions to what was inside of the witch pack, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, the first time I saw it, I thought it was a tongue. See, and that's what they... Yeah, I didn't know what it was. that tooth just, is fucking huge. No, it is. I was like, <laughs> did they kidnap Tony Robbins? Yeah. But <laughs> they said that they would... It's almost like we talked about on the Halloween episode where they said Michael Myers' face was more fucked up than it was. Yeah. Right. People were like, wow, man, I can't believe they put Josh's liver in there. And I can't believe they put his tongue in there. And he's yeah. like, it was a tooth. I thought, I thought <laughs> it was like, his tongue. Tongue uh, makes more sense, a, but you can see that it's a tooth when you know that it's a exactly. tooth. Exactly, yeah. not a whole ass liver. <laughs> but and it, they, those were real human teeth yes. that Eduardo Sanchez got from a dentist. Does he owe him a favor or something? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I heard it was Josh's hair. They just yeah, cut a little they, off yeah. and threw it in. But can you imagine not knowing what the hell you're gonna unwrap and then seeing that? Yeah, no. I would have. Oh I would have done that. that. Yeah, that would suck because. The what well, you just heard your friend screaming, you couldn't yeah. find him. Yeah. Then you find this shit with uh, his shirt. Yeah. Now you know why he was screaming. Mm-hmm. Dentistry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. Oh yeah. Next, we see her cleaning off her hands in the stream, calling out to Mike that it's okay. She's just washing her hands. She repeats to herself that she just needs to put gloves on her hands. She does so crying, and Mike is like, "Are you all right?" Yeah. She's clearly like snapped. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. lost whatever hold she had. Just like with Mike rocking back and forth, it's just hard to watch. It is. Oh, yeah. Still crying while she puts on her pack, Mike asks her what happened. She tells him nothing. She's just hungry and scared, but she's fine, and they're both going to be fine. We get more shots of them walking and Mike talking about baseball, but he won't get to see whatever he's talking about. Cal, Cal Ripken. Ripken. Yeah. I was like, Joel Ripken, the, the <laughs> murderer. The, yeah, that's the only place. I'm like, I don't know anything about baseball. Um, but he says he's not going to be able to see it because he's out here in the woods. She was smart not to tell him about what she found, though. Yeah. Because that would have oh, been dumb. No, yeah. Well, Mike is more emotional than she is. Exactly. And that, so he probably wouldn't have even been no. able to keep yeah. walking. Wise choice. Yeah. Um, but as Mike eats a leaf, we get a shot of the sun going down. <laughs> I just want to make a quick note here. I'm not really surprised that Mike was eating that leaf mm-hmm. because to increase tension among them, they started feeding the actors less and less each yeah. day. <laughs> and so for these last two days of filming, when it's just Heather and Mike, they were down to one piece of fruit, a power bar and some water. With all the hiking they were doing, that's all they got to eat. Oh, that's fuck not that. Yeah. So I'd be fucking eating leaves too. See, so that makes sense because I read a quote from one of the producers in Vice and he had said, their safety was our primary concern. Their comfort was, was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing though. She's like, tell me you're not eating a dry leaf. Well, He's like, I'll suck it down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just explains why they were talking about, they've been talking about food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that night, we get the iconic shot of Heather's face right up to the camera. Uh, I read that she didn't know that the camera was zoomed in. Mm. It was just supposed to be a normal shot of her face. But, I mean, how many times has this been duplicated? No, this is yeah. like uh, one of the things and- that you think of when you think of this movie. But she apologizes to all of their moms and to everyone else watching. She admits that she was naive and that all of this is her fault, no matter what Mike says now. She's the one that said they weren't lost, that they keep going, that they walk south. It all had to be her way. And now it's her fault that they are where they are now. She tells her parents that she loves them and she's so sorry. She hears noises and starts to sob harder. She says that she's scared to close her eyes. She's also scared to open them. And she says that they're going to die here. Not only is this both heart wrenching and terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to say... 
it's one of the most iconic moments in horror, period. Yeah, I would agree. But something that bothered me tremendously reading is that not only was this film nominated for the Razzie Award for Worst Film. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was. But yes. Heather Donahue was nominated for Worst Actress. And I feel like this is one of the strongest performances I've seen in, I was going to say horror, maybe period. period. No, it's so authentic. Like, so it's, right? John what? Paul just looks mad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It's so crazy to me. I mean, I read that on IMDb, they said that the original idea for the Blair Witch Project was three male filmmakers out in the woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But her audition was so strong, they changed a character to be a woman. What? And I'm like, she is a fantastic actress. Well, yeah. right? I don't understand where all this hatred and vitriol is coming from. That's surprising. Right? It's upsetting because yeah. I, I feel like objectively, it's an amazing performance. Yeah. I, uh, I, don't I don't understand. It's one of those things that you're just like, how could anyone see differently? Yeah. A haters gonna hate. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> the next thing we see is Heather and Mike waking up to hear Josh screaming for somebody and begging, please. They leave the tent and Josh begs them to follow his voice. Even worse. Yeah. They walk a little bit away from the tent and see a house. Now, I'd be like, when the fuck did this get here? Because they've yeah. been going in a circle for like mm-hmm. five days now. And it's not new. No. no. <laughs> they go inside and the house is just abandoned and run down. The shots alternate between Heather holding the black and white camera and Mike holding the color one. They continue through the house. Mike now emboldened as he searches for his friend. He's like leading it. He, yeah, I mean, yeah. This is the bravest we've seen him the whole movie. It's could count as a character arc. Yeah. I did want to point out at TFW, Mike said that they told him, listen to the voice go up and then run down. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah. So <laughs> he called them and they were, he's like, look, I know this is the end of the movie. So can you tell me what you want from me? And they're like, you'll know when you see it. And so when he gets to the house, he says, oh shit, it's a house. That's oh. real. Oh, because he had right, no fucking yeah. idea. Why did that give me goosebumps? I don't know. <laughs> but he had no idea. And so his reaction is genuine. He's like, oh, it's a house. That's what, yeah. Now go up and go down. Makes sense. Oh right. my God. But the silence of the house is finally broken as Josh starts screaming again. They head upstairs following his voice. All along the wall by the stairs and upstairs are tiny handprints, like right. children's mm-hmm. hands. Rust and par. Yeah. Now hearing Josh's screaming coming from downstairs, Mike rushes down into the basement. Heather is just screaming after him. As soon as he reaches the basement and takes a quick look around, the camera inexplicably just falls to the ground. Heather continues to scream for Mike as she walks downstairs. She enters the basement crying and hysterically screaming for Mike. She finally sees him standing with his back to her facing the corner of the basement. She screams his name until we hear a thud and her camera falls to the ground too, continuing to film until the footage runs out. Then the credits roll. So first things first, to this day, one of the scariest shots in the history of horror. And if you pay attention, it makes perfect sense. Because I've I've heard a lot of people say this ending makes no sense. Right. No, it does. The guy in town just said Rustin Parr would bring him in two at a time. Yeah. One would face the wall, he'd, he'd kill, kill the one, other yeah. one, and then he'd kill the mm-hmm. second one. But the funny thing is that when Artisan bought the rights to this film, they wanted them to do a different ending. And so they shot a bunch of different endings with Mike over the course of like a week. 
He also said he got paid more for that week than the entire oh, shooting wow. of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> but he said that um, one of them was a bunch of stick men hanging down. He was hung by a noose in one ending. They tied him to like a stick man Jesus in another ending. <laughs> but they ended up going with this ending that they originally shot, which I think is the best one. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. The other thing is that the ending had to be reshot because the sound of Heather's camera didn't pick up all of her screams. Okay. Now, I'm glad you said that hmm. because I told your sister, I said, man, I said, the only thing I don't like mm -hmm. right here is that she's next to him running through the house, but she sounds she's like she's two rooms away. Right. She I was like, super Why? Far away. I was like, you're right there. Why does your audio not syncing up with where you're at? But mm -hmm. that it, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. They piped her screams in later because of that issue right but i feel i don't know why but the the sounds of her screams being so far away it adds to this disorientation of it does being in it, this witchy house yeah, <laughs> I, mean, it, I don't know it did it, and but like i said i was just kind of confused i yeah. was like why no, because is it, it you're like supposed that. to be right there yeah. it doesn't logically make sense yeah no. but then again a lot of this no right uh, but i have to ask what did you guys think of the blair witch project i enjoyed it i mean i yeah, I like it more now knowing like all the stuff we went over mm -hmm. because it a lot of it does feel genuine. A lot of it feels like real people. That's yeah. why like when I first seen it, I was like, holy shit, is this real? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, of course, you learn that it's not. But I feel like they did a damn good job of selling this as a true story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like the whole little documentary thing they did about it. That was fucking smart. Like that was good. It's it, it's genius. Just brilliant. I lo I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly I don't think I can say enough about it. To me, I feel like there are zero negatives. Right. For this film, it's a genius thing. It created a subgenre. It's so funny to me that I've never met anybody that said the Blair Witch Project is all right. I I wanted to bring that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so polarizing. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says, oh, that movie's okay. Yeah. Like either it's fucking trash uh -huh. or it's fucking amazing. There's that's it. Yeah. It's funny because at that TFW interview, Mike said that he thinks that that drove the box office. Because if you hear, I want to go see for myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's how I am. It's the fucking best, or it's the absolute worst thing that ever happened. I'm going to go check it yeah. out. Yeah. Well, let me yeah, I'll, go and see. I'll decide. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is. I feel like it's really something special. Yeah. And I know that technically, like you said, it's not the first, you know, whatever found footage. To Come me. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the first. And you see the impact that it made, like that it still makes now. And it really just makes me sad that the actors, mm -hmm. you know, never got their accolades or their like recognition right. for it. Like that bugs me. But yeah, this movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're going to move on to ratings then. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just went, but yeah, I love this yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> the marketing is just so genius. I mm -hmm. feel like they did it at just the perfect time. Right. Because Absolutely. a few years later, they couldn't have gotten away with this. No. A few years earlier, they wouldn't have been able to do the internet and all this shit. Like, oh, this yeah. came across at the absolute perfect time. Mm -hmm. And we will never get that again. That no. That's not possible just to do again, period. Um, They made their own legend. 
mm-hmm. and fleshed it out in such a way that people literally went to Maryland yeah. looking for the witch. <laughs> they sent condolence cards to Heather Donahue's mom. Like mm-hmm. yeah. they made this so real. And it's not often that you see a film that genuinely fucking changed the climate of film. And I right. feel like this really did. So in the spirit of how polarizing this film is, <laughs> I feel like I have no choice but to put all my chips into one side. Mm-hmm. So in that spirit, I am going to give on a scale from one to 10 suspended stick men. <laughs> I'm going to give the Blair Witch Project 10 out of 10 suspended stick men. To me, this is a 10 or a one movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10. And I will now open up the floor. No, yeah. I This movie, learning more about the movie and like everything that went into it. I know that, you know, that's a big deal. Like when we find out and we dig into it yeah. and let the cast and everything and producers and whatnot went into. and But yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Like this movie like was good mm-hmm. and then knowing that like you said t hmm. that they like improved a lot of it or they yeah, had to, like, like all of it man that's fucking that's nuts yeah because you made a movie out of that shit <laughs> and it worked like you couldn't even tell yeah yeah and then like i said a lot of it feels genuine mm-hmm. and it's like you're like oh that bitch is scared you know what i mean <laughs> like you like you feel that shit and i feel like the lore like you mentioned uh, you know, they created the whole lore from yeah. the movie. Like that took some shit to do. Yes. Yeah. And for uh, for enough people to be like, oh, no, that shit's real, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's not. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. And I'm sure there's a bunch of theories about the movie. Oh, you know, for uh, sure. A friend of mine, a guy who worked with Benny, he told me a theory of his that the guys took her out there to kill her, that it wasn't. That's a very interesting theory. I I personally don't subscribe to it. Right. Yeah, it didn't. But I feel like if you break it down, you can make it fit. Well, which there is was kind of a good thing for any theory. There right, was kind right. of a subplot that they cut out that Heather and Josh used to date. Right. And so this was kind of Josh, you know, if I can't have you, nobody can have you. Like people theorized. Right. But it was cut out that they used to date. It was also cut out that, you know, we get this main... Um, conflict Conflict. between mike and heather Uh but in actuality josh went harder at heather than mike did yeah and so they had to edit it out because it seemed like these two men are just ganging up on her (laughs) all right all right so if you kind of look at it from that point of view Mm -hmm. with the hostility and maybe with a um like a failed love story between i mean i can see where you would get it but i feel like that really undercuts the Blair Witch. Right, you know? yeah, right. But I mean, it's an interesting theory. I just, I don't personally subscribe yeah. to it. Right, neither do I. But I think to sell the theory, if they would have been in the woods for two days, it might be more believable. Right, but they were- But they starved for like eight days. No, yeah. <laughs> and they were lost. I don't need to kill yeah, nobody that no, bad. No. <laughs> yeah, no shit, huh? Just to be lost to try to pull something off. <laughs> yeah. Like, we we could have done do this, this on day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but- from a scale to one to ten suspended stickmen, <laughs> I will also give the Blair Witch a ten. I like hey. I said, it's it was 
the documentary, the mm-hmm. way they did everything, learning how that they actually did a lot of the lines and the shit they had to do, like that fucking sucked. Oh yeah. yeah. I bet, you know, and then like I said, you just feel it. Like you can feel the emotion from them mm-hmm. and that makes it twenty times more better. Yes. It's like, oh, this is this is terrifying. Yes. Like, I, I would act that way too if yeah. I was lost in the yeah. fucking woods. I don't know what's going on. There's shit going on around me. I can't explain it. And you don't know what's coming up next. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot. I genuinely thought that I was going to be coming to this table as the only one with thought- the score <laughs> that I'm going to give it. <laughs> but let me just get through my spiel. I was watching it last night and I was just thinking about it. You know, every film about possession that came out after the exorcist was chasing the exorcist yes. yeah and it had already been done the best it was ever going to be done it was not going to be topped right this is the exact same thing with found footage films and the blair witch project i i totally agree oh yeah i just don't think that you could ever do better than this with the marketing campaign with the lore with the performances it works and it works perfectly yeah the only negative is what came after for the actors. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that obviously can't count against the film. You can't plan or, you well, know, no, yeah. fix that. It's still fucked up. It is. I just want to say Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard, Michael Williams, thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank for you. This. Fuck yeah. Because this is not only an important film and an amazing film, but it's one of the best horror films I've seen in my entire life. I totally agree. And it's because of you that it happened. No, yeah. So all the appreciation that you didn't get. Yes. R- we got it right here. No, yeah. Podmortem. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but again, uh, I'll just close it out by saying that out of 10 suspended stick men, I'm going to give Blair Witch Project 10 suspended stick men. It's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Out of 10. This movie's perfect. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, we we did did it. (laughs) Can I say something real quick? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Was it just me or did sometimes Mike sound like Jeff from American Dad? (laughs) <laughs> like every now and then i was like i was like is it i even had to check i was like there's, like, no, there's way no way that's that he dude. went on to do but that sometimes like his voice like he's got that like laid back uh-huh. and he, sometimes the things he said i was like man he kind of sounds like fucking <laughs> jeff from american dad speaking of you saying being laid back or whatever i feel like i could have been friends with all three of them absolutely oh, yeah like Josh seemed like the chillest fucking dude until you know his back was against the wall right. or whatever. Oh, yeah. they seemed like cool real people and i know we've already touched on that but like i just really want to drive it home for sure and speaking of laid back heather donahue after she quit acting in 2008 started a weed farm hey (laughs) you go heather absolutely (laughs) well that's all from us at pod mortem what would you rate the blair witch project and what should we watch next let us know on twitter at the pod mortem be sure to follow us on instagram and like us on facebook be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, there's no shame in admitting when you're wrong. Someone might just be able to help you see the forest for the trees. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around. (laughs) 
A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, and Pierre Lombard. Thank each and every one of you. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we genuinely want to thank each and every one of you for always being in our corner. <laughs> no, like Mike. Yeah, because wrestling yeah, car yeah. was a yeah. maniac. Murder. So we're going to die now? <laughs> well, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that one through. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>